Hello and welcome to the Substance of Life Experience and Happy New Year. It is now 2021 and we are in season two and I am excited. I am excited that you are here with us and I'm excited that we all made 2020 go away and we are now embracing 2021 with all of the newness that it brings. So I want to start the year off right. And I want you to know that today we have been graced with the presence of Miss Ashley Anderson. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. I am so glad you are back. It's an honor to be here. I know I missed you. I missed you, too, because we have not gotten together in a podcast since, uh, since what? Since the HBCU Festival. So it's almost been a year. I know. Okay, so we can't let it go that long. I know. Again, but I'm, it I'm won't. okay with that. We won't do that. Yes. So, um, for those of you who were fortunate enough to take a break, I took a break, just a moment. Good. And I called Ashley up and I said, hey, you know what? I, I saw this show and I want to critique this show. Uh, I want to critique this show and we're going to be a little bit different. So, you know, as always, I tell you to go and get that favorite beverage yes. and give us some undivided attention. And we guarantee that you will walk away inspired and educated and entertained. Definitely entertained. <laughs> okay. There will be some laughs. <laughs> so this uh, season, when I took off a little bit, I was able to enjoy a show called Sylvie's Love. That just came out. That just came out. And I'm, who is in Sylvie's Love? Tell, tell the audience who is starring in this show. So it's starring the beautiful Miss Tessa Thompson. Yes. Many of you know her from her role in Creed. Yes. She played Michael B. Jordan's girlfriend, Every Girl's Dream Job. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with that. Okay. I am not going to disagree with that. Um, And then we also had Namdi Asumuga. I know I'm pronouncing that wrong. And I love to try and give every black man the courtesy of pronouncing his name correctly. But that is the best. The best we could do. So give us a call and give us the correct pronunciation. pronunciation. Because we want to give you enough respect to pronounce your name correctly. And the props that you deserve for starring in this show. Absolutely. Because he played Robert. He was the leading male role. He was the love interest. Yes. The apple of Sylvie's eye. Yes. And then we had some surprise guests. Um, Some of you, if you've caught, MC Light was in the movie. Yes. That was awesome seeing Miss MC Light. In the See, movie. that was a surprise for me. I didn't. They did a really great job not marketing she was in the movie. Yes, because in all the commercials I saw, I, I never saw her. her. I didn't see her. You're right. And then in the first scene where you see her, I, I looked at the screen. and I was like, "Is that MC? Is that? Is that who I think it is?" <laughs> I was like, and then she opened her mouth, and I was like, "And it's then you MC knew. Light. You knew right away. You knew I, right away. I totally fangirled. I was like, "Oh my god, she's in the movie!" And then they had Eva Longoria. Yes. And I also didn't realize it was her either until she opened her mouth. I love that they had her play Carmen. She was the hot Latin singer at the party. At the party, yes. Which, perfect choice, by the way. I I agree. I thought that was an excellent choice. And I loved seeing her in short hair. It was like there was a lot of thought. There was. That was put into this production. It was. It it was just absolutely phenomenal. You ever feel like when you watch a movie, you can... You almost recast in your head. Yes. Like, oh, so-and-so would have, might have played that part a little better. I didn't do that with this. I didn't feel that way about no, this movie. I did not do that they, with this. The original cast brought this movie to life. I think so. They did an excellent job. I, I think so. At painting the picture. And I, you know, well, finish giving us the cast of characters. Uh, Miss Aja Naomi King. Okay. Um, most of you know her from How to Get Away with Murder with the lovely Miss Viola Davis. Yes. She played Michaela. Yes. So this was nice seeing her in this type of role. It was a different role. It was a completely different role because, you know, How to Get Away with Murder is a TV show. Yes. This is a movie. But she was so actually on the silver screen as I say, as I like to call it. Right. Yes. Right. And her character was completely different than From Michaela's. Yes. It was very nice seeing her play a vulnerable woman woman so you could see the difference in in the depth yes. of her skill set because yes. she went from one extreme to the other yes and i was like oh my gosh and this i is loved that they made her 
the vulnerable friend of the two of them between her and Tessa Thompson because quite frankly Hollywood loves to paint the stereotypical black woman you know we're strong we're independent we don't need no man no granted we don't but (laughs) but you know that's not everyone's narrative and it was beautiful seeing our chocolate sister be vulnerable and giddy and in love I thought that was interesting I I loved that this, she was like a young kid. She she was like she gave me those teenage bubbly those feels. giddy feelings. Yes, oh. I was in love right along with her. It was cute. So, as you might have gathered, you know, as we have gone through some of the cast, we are going to give you two different uh, perspectives of Sylvie's love, and for me. I'm going, of course, to give you that older, more seasoned woman's perspective <laughs> because that's what I am. Yes. But when I saw this movie, it brought back so many memories from my childhood. Okay, so first, you know, to set the scene, and no, we're not doing any spoilers because you need to go look at the movie. You need to watch the movie. You need to watch the movie. It's well worth the watch. It was based in 1962. And during that era, Harlem was in vogue and the areas in New York did have neighborhoods that had black owned shops and we patronized those black owned shops. And I remember growing up in my neighborhood, we had a record store and I would go into this record store and there would be posters on the wall. There would be records in the bin, as you saw Mm -hmm. in the movie. And there was that person behind the counter that was extremely educated about all things yes music (laughs) and you know my father was a musician my brother was a musician I wasn't I decided to take dance we'll get into that later I don't think that was a good choice for me especially (laughs) looking from it at this end of the spectrum but music was a real part of of our world and who we were so when I see this record store And I see Sylvie behind the counter, and there was no cash register back then, you know, because those were expensive. I did notice that. We had the little lockbox. Yes. And that was where you put your money or your checks. And, and, you know, it was just, it brought back so many memories because that was who we were and, and how we operated in our community. So for me, it was very, very personal. It was personal to see her relationship with her mother. Yes. That. Yes. Brought back some very painful memories. Oh. <laughs> I'm just going to say that ruler or that rod that, that mom she had. popped on the butt with. Yes. I was like, ooh, girl. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, just the, the business that her mother was in. Right. So, diving into the movie... There are some scenes that I just I want to talk about, and I want I want the the two thousand era twenty <laughs> first century perspective, and I could see oh my god that just mm. so one of the scenes in the movie there is a uh, her mother runs a charm school, which is a dying art. Yes, it is a dying art. But I remember having to go to charm school. I hated it. You went to charm school. Oh, my God. And not Flavor of Love's charm school, people. No, no. Real charm school. Real (laughs) charm school. This was a requirement. And it was on Saturdays. And some classes were held after school. And I hated it. Because I was a kid. I, I could have found other things to do. That's true. But, you know, looking back in my season, through my season lens... Yes, they taught you how to sit properly, how to cross your legs, how to address people when they say hello to you, uh, how to sit down at a dining room table. And God, you know, we don't do this anymore. Know which fork, knife, and plate to use Mm -hmm. and know how to use it. Mm -hmm. So those things were taught to you. So that when you and your parents went out to dinner, as we frequently did in New York, you would not embarrass them by reaching for the wrong thing. And by God help you, you better not embarrass a black parent. There you go. You better not embarrass a black parent in public. Because the (laughs) eyes, look, the eyes, you would get the eyes. Yeah, they don't have to say anything. And my mother's favorite phrase, and I found myself carrying over, do we need to have a conference? (laughs) Not a conference. Okay. I'm going to tell for my listeners... When my mother said, do we need to have a conference? (laughs) 
Translation, do I need to take you into the bathroom and beat your little ass? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I will. Because I will. <laughs> okay. So the answer was always no, mother. We do not need to have a conference. <laughs> At all. This is not a, a church conference. Exactly. Of worship and prayer. But I don't want to go. I don't want to go. But <laughs> it was, you know, it was so interesting to see that. And in the movie, you could see the social yeah. distance, the social between Sylvie and Robert. Yes. And that was shown in two ways. And you tell me, do we still do this now? Oh, goodness. Okay. Do we, is there a, is there a difference socially today where you can see, um, I'll, and I'm just going to put it out there. They call it bougie. Uh-oh. I was called bougie all my life. Yeah, okay. Same. Um, I own it. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. Cause I'm like, <laughs> Hey, I don't know any other way to be. I, you can call it bougie. I'm aware of it. But. You know, when she had to explain to Robert what a cotillion was. And a debutante. And a debutante. Yeah. That she was a debutante and she had to have a cotillion ball. And he's looking at her like. What is that? You you had a party? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it a turn up? It's a turn up. You had a turn up. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God. He does not know. But that was a social distance. Yeah. And I remember that. Back in New York, and there were different stratas. I mean, amongst our community, you did have the working class, and you did have the upper working class, yeah. and then you had the upper class. Right. And, you know, my family was in the middle, okay. right in the middle, but we knew people who were working class. And, you know, even though my mother did work, we were considered middle middle class wow okay and i remember wanting to go out with a young man whose parents owned a business i think they owned two businesses his father wasn't a doctor or anything but it was frowned upon his mother really? yeah oh yes his mother was like that little girl is not good enough for you <gasps> really so the class system i notice is was more prevalent back then than oh, it yes. is now yes Absolutely. Now it's more just racial. Yes, now it's racial, but now back it's then. it's more racial. I mean, not saying it wasn't racial back then, because it was. But within our community, yes, the class system was very prevalent. Mm-hmm. And I did take note of that when watching the movie, because that's not my norm it, with it, the class system. No. Now, So what's the class system today, or does it still exist? I do believe it still exists. It just depends on how you were raised and who you were raised by. Uh, my mother will let me know in a heartbeat that if I'm dating a young man without a job, don't even bring him home. There you go. She will let me know that. Kudos, um, mom. Oh, yes. And, you know, my father has these great expectations, which I'm not mad at him for. You know, my dad had a rough upbringing. He grew up in Queens, New York himself. Yes. And he is the come up kid of our family. You know, he started literally from the bottom and now he's created a beautiful lifestyle and legacy for me, my siblings and my mom. So I understand why he wouldn't want me to date someone who he didn't feel was up to caliber. I understand it. Um, I just wish that love was more of the important part. And how the person treated me is more of the important part. But my father will grill any young man if he has no college education, he has no job, and not making a certain amount of money within that job, or he sees some type of vision in the young man. Because what he's saying is, what are you bringing to the table? Absolutely. And if you're not bringing anything to the table, you cannot date my daughter. Absolutely. And he will clearly, he will make that very clear. (laughs) And what I thought was interesting was Sylvie was technically an adult when all of this was taking place. Right. She was an engaged woman. I know. You know, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Baffled. I was looking at, I'm like, wait a minute. Did she say she was engaged to Lacey? That's what she said. And then I was like, where is Lacey? Yeah. And then as the movie progressed, you found out that he was. You did get to see Lacey. Over in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And he was in the war. Mm -hmm. But I found that her mother's reaction. Yes. Mom was the epitome of cool. Yeah. Because Class yes, and, grace. and she stood up. She was firm. She looked at the lessons that she taught. She personified. She and, did, and just simply said, "We wouldn't want people to get the wrong impression." Now, would we? 
Uh, yeah, mom looked like she didn't play. Ma you did not see mom much in the movie. No. But you got a very clear idea and feel for who she was and what she stood for. Yes, and did you see like did you see Sylvie's reaction? I know. Just as look, that that bat could have been an ironing board. Girl. She was so scared. She was like, "Yes, ma'am." Uh-huh. I'm like, "Ooh." She okay. knew better. She was like, "You know you know better. We are not raising you." To throw your future away. Period. You are going to be the wife of a somebody. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. Yes. But when she asked him that question, oh, you play music. Mm -hmm. Do you play for the conservatory? <laughs> I was like, whoa, she just kind of cut like right, right to it without even saying it. And if you didn't get anything out of that, you were totally lost. Yeah. Because Mama way. was saying, baby, if you can't or you don't play for the conservatory or have, haven't been to a conservatory of music, mm -hmm. then you are just mm -hmm. not up to cut. Mm -hmm. It's almost like she didn't even consider him a musician. No, she didn't. Unless he had that background Absolutely. or was working towards that background. That background. Yes. And it's like, no, ma'am, I'm looking for a job at your at your husband's record shop. That's yes, why I'm at here. Your hu that's why I'm here. I'm working at the record shop, moving records. But, you know, I found all of that to be very interesting because during the 1960s, for an African-American to get into any conservatory of music was the hardest thing to do. Right. I remember from Nina Simone's history. That's what she wanted. Mm -hmm. She did not want to sing in the venue that she was in. She wanted to go to one of the conservatories of music. And I think she auditioned. But when she walked through the door, they did not see her talent. Of course not. They saw her color. Of course not. Right. And she was so angry and so mad that she went back and transitioned her music into a movement. Wow. And so when you hear those freedom songs and those songs that she sings and you listen to the lyrics, um, especially when she went to the Montrose Film Festival, um, excuse me, music festival and performed, you know, Mississippi Goddamn, oh, nobody in the 60s was saying Goddamn on, no, on an album. No, they were not. You know, Let alone a woman saying it in public. In public, yes. In front of people. In front of people. But her music was so moving because of the metaphors. Exactly. It really did cause you to have to think. Uh, exactly. So I found it to be, yes, that was a knife in the stomach. And let me turn so mm -hmm. I can increase the blood flow mm -hmm. of the wound. Mm -hmm. Because she knew right off the bat the chances of this young African-American man or this black man living in Harlem to get into a music conservatory was Seems damn near impossible. Know. Yeah. Uh, unless somebody in the community made their own. Yes. So I thought that that was really, I was like, wow, that caste system back then was real. That reminds me of in the movie, too, when Sylvie went to be a producer's assistant. She was applying for a job. And the producer's, the producer looked at her and said, why should I hire somebody with no experience? And she said, because before this moment, I had no idea that there would be a Negro black woman producer. And that's all I've ever wanted to be. And I just cried at that part. Because I, I honestly, when watching the movie, I forgot for a split second that even though that's my dream now, mm -hmm. that that really was... Something that wasn't as easily grasped back then, and, as and it it's is not. Now. And, and she really today was in as awe well of this woman. She was, and today as well, because you do not. And I mean, you can just look at the credits yes. as you are skimming through television and or the movies. You're not going to find a lot of African Americans or Black women, right, or men for that matter, who are producers, right? Which I do love that they had a female. Producer. Yes. I do love it. So she that. had something that, you know, I will tell you, I've always wanted. Uh, she had a mentor. Yeah. She had someone to show her the ropes because, you know, in that scene where they had the uh, woman who was cooking, I think her name was Lucy. Yeah. Lucy and was she, funny. Yes. And she <laughs> was telling her little, you know, jokes. 
And she said, I don't understand why we can't let her be just who she is. And she said, sweetheart, yeah. we would be kicked off the air. Yes, that's exactly what she said to her. And, and for those who haven't seen the movie, Lucy was crass. Yes. As they would call it. Yes. They would call Lucy crass. Very. But if a man was cracking some of the jokes that Lucy was making. He would not. He'd be the funniest man. All of them would be in there doubled over, holding their guts laughing. And but I thought because that. Because she was a woman. They said, mm, no. Yeah, they turned their nose up at her. But I thought that was pushing the envelope, too, because back in the 60s, you didn't see an awful lot of that. And yes. if you did, that woman was like, oh, my gosh, you know, she's. She she would be water cooler whispers. Okay, I'm going to just say water cooler whispers is what you would hear because that individual, um, you know, oh, yeah, well, you know, she's funny at a party. But we really can't entertain her. <laughs> just laugh quickly. Just, so just laugh quickly. Up. So she, yeah, exactly. And that's exactly, <laughs> believe me. They were all secretly embarrassed by her. But, you know, I, I look at those two scenes and they're very, very true. Yeah. And it's it's historical as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You know, the woman was in the cooking show. Now, (laughs) I want to get to the part in the movie where my heart fell to the floor. And I need need your perspective because I know this to be true. Uh Uh-oh. So, when she was with her husband. Yes. And she said, well, I don't know if I'll be able to because... You know, I start a new job tomorrow. Yes, when he requested that she cook dinner yes. for some big client he was going to That he have. was entertaining. Yes. Okay, you're entertaining a client. Mm-hmm. You know I have a job. Yep. And what did he say? You can work as long as your wifely duties are not interfered, or your wifely responsibilities are, you know, don't become second place, basically. Girl, my, my heart fell to the floor. Yeah. And my spirit said, girl, you better jump on him. Jump on him, jump on him, jump on him. I slapped him for her. Thank you. (laughs) And I know that we are speaking from the perspective of 2021. I know. I know. Because back in the day. But how unfair. He didn't even ask her about her day. No, he didn't. He cared not about her job. It was, he didn't realize. No, he did realize how huge this was for her. Mm-hmm. He did. He did not acknowledge it. Exactly. He, she would come home from work. He would never say, hey, how was your day? How was work? Are you enjoying it? I mean, nothing. Jack squat. But she still had to do her same duties. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to share with our audience. I'm going to just be real. A lot of that was inbreded in me. And I see it manifested as I was a young woman, as I am a seasoned woman now, as I like to call myself. I, um, I you come home from work, you're eight hours, mm-hmm. you cook dinner, mm-hmm. you do the dishes, you get everything in order. Put the kids to bed. Put the kids to bed, make sure homework is done, maybe wash a load of clothes, those quote unquote wifely duties or household duties when he came home he got to sit on his ass and drink a bourbon and drink a bourbon or drink a beer or drink a Budweiser or whatever it was back in 62 that you were drinking yeah after you came home from work so where did the misconception that the man's only husbandly duty is to provide I don't have any idea where did that come from I don't know so she can work as long as her quote unquote wifely duties are not interfered exactly well, what about you and your husbandly duties? Yes. You still have other duties as a husband other than putting a roof over our head. But see, they lived in Harlem, so there was no lawn to mow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. There was no landscape. There was no landscape. He was not going out there. I mean, at best, maybe emptying the garbage, but that was like once a week. Well, what about being emotionally supportive to your wife? I, it was not important then. Because, yeah, because back wasn't. then, you know, they were not raised to feel... Right. That her value was such that she was doing all these things. Right. And how has that affected me growing up? Well, I, you know, when my kids were kids and living at home, I did the same thing. I came home. I did my work. I never gave excuse for working outside of the home. Right. Interfering with what went on inside the home. Mm-hmm. And I remember... My my middle daughter came to me and she said, I do not want to work as hard as you do. I'm weak. <laughs> I said, what? 
She said, because you work a full-time job and you come home and you make dinner and you make sure our homework is done and you check this and you go to after school. I don't want one of those unless I can have a wife like you. Yes. I was At like, least well, she acknowledged But she noticed she it. Yeah. Okay. And I will say that all of my daughters have a completely different outlook on life. <laughs> okay. No, they are not following in that particular pattern that I have laid out, unfortunately, or have played out for them. But, you know, it's just funny because I grew up with women who were housewives. Right. And, you know, absolutely loved being a housewife. I, she's my all-time favorite, Miss Faye. Miss <laughs> Faye, Miss Faye can make a meal. Oh my God, Miss Faye looked good all the time. Had yes, her her Ms. nice Faye. dresses on, and you know when Mister Ray came home, she was looking good. Miss Faye got pregnant in her seasoned old age. Okay, that's just Stop how good. It. Yes, she did. Stop it. Yes, she did. And that's she what happens when you look that good. When you look that good, Miss Faye was looking really good. But she was a housewife, and she took care of her husband, and she took care of her four boys, and. That's where I saw value mm-hmm. in the family. Mm-hmm. And I said it was okay to do this because my mother worked full time too. Okay. But I cooked the meal. When she got home, right. dinner was you done. You were the help. There you go. I was the help. <laughs> when she got home, dinner was done. There was no second guesses about oh, yeah. that. Everyone in the house contributes. Exactly. <laughs> but to hear him say that. Right. was so disheartening. I was so pierced. Yeah. But was, that was the reality. You know, back then and still some people's reality. I know. And nothing against housewives. No, because they, they were very the hard. But you should family. pay them. OK, Thank husbands you. that are out there, you need to be saving up for their retirement. Too. Thank you. You need to get a 401k plan in there. Thank you. Just for her in her name. Because that is still hard work. And honestly, you know how they say that, you know, oh, husbands don't understand and men don't acknowledge the hard work. No, yes, they do. That's why they avoid doing it. The, thank you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. They know it's hard work. That's why they don't want to do it. Absolutely. You know, I'm very blessed now because my husband, he he will. Okay, babe, you made the meal. I'm going to do the dishes. I'm going to take oh, care of the kitchen. Sweet. Don't worry about it. Go Good. on upstairs. Take a moment. Thank you, baby. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Appreciate that's nice you know i recognize you are working on a full schedule here okay so when i saw that it brought back memories but it also pierced me because here she was faced with a decision of appeasing her husband Mm -hmm. and following her passion Mm -hmm. which was to become a producer and she knew hey i got a promotion i'm not giving this up right I'm not going to give this up. And the woman who hired her almost discredited her for it. Yes. Because she knew she was a stay-at-home Th- mom. There you go. She let her know flat out, hey, if you take this position, it is long nights, long hours. I'm going to need you sometimes, even on weekends. Like, And are you okay with that? are not cut out for this. She yes. did tell her. Yeah. So I looked at that, and I'm like, wow. She's telling her the truth. Mm-hmm. She's telling her. You might have to make a choice. Right. And it wasn't a belittling way. No. It was more like a fair warning. Just, hey, just. You need to know that yeah. these are the expectations. Right. But I think what got the character in the movie was the fact that she had never. She said, up until this moment, I didn't know there were any black female producers. I know. I was like, yeah, because you know what? When they look at those credit rolls on the screen at the end of that show, they don't know what color she is. Nope, it's just a name. And I was like, way to go. Yeah. So for me, that was, it was a disheartening point in the movie, but it was a revelation in that when you hear the term superwoman, I hope that that little episode of the movie showed you or gave you definition of what superwoman actually can be. Absolutely. Okay, because she did do it. And I love the part when she said, "Are you? what are you going to do with that roast, baby? Right. I never even thought about what we did with the... She's like, can I take that home? <laughs> okay. I don't blame her. Thank you. And said, boom, this is how we're going to make this happen. We're going to turn around. We're going. I'm going to do exactly what you need me to do. You won't have an excuse. You'll have this fantastic meal. Right. Which she served up. Again, you saw how the charm lessons came in. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. We are at the dinner table. Sat up straight. She smiled and waved. Very poised. Yes. Only put a little bit of food in her mouth at a time. At a time. She could answer a question. Yes. Yeah. And, oh, 
but let me serve us coffee. Yes. <laughs> I said, go, girl. Because that was a part of dinner. Yes, always. That was a part always. of dinner. Always. When did coffee become a breakfast drink? I don't know. I, I think when we had to wait outside for the bus <laughs> going to school. My grandmother is the only person that I still know to this day who will have coffee with dinner. Yes. And I used to laugh at her. I'm like, Grandma, it's for no. breakfast. And she's like, no, ma'am. No. I'm going to have. And it was, a, it was, it was part of yeah. the custom. It was part it was of like the a, fabric of life. Or a part of dessert. Yes. Yeah. You would have your dessert. You would have your coffee. Mm-hmm. And then that would, that would conclude your meal. And she only puts creamer in it when she's having it for dessert. Yes. My grandmother will drink black coffee in the morning. And with her dessert, there's a little bit of cream. A little bit of cream in there to sweeten it up just a little bit to accompany the dessert. So I, I, I said, wow, you know, we have really, really come a long we have. way. And we I have. am so grateful that we have come a long way. Now I want to move into <clears throat> a dynamic of the movie. Okay. That I don't know I would have had the heart to do something about. So the scene... Where her cousin drives her to the car because he's going to Paris. I know. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I, I sat there and I was speechless. Yeah. I mean, how would you have handled that today? Uh, okay, so if you're really asking me wholeheartedly. Yes. I can be a very proud person. I wouldn't have went, period, if I'm being honest with you. Really? I don't even think I would have showed up. You would not, not even to say bye. I don't think I would have been able to face him. Not even to say goodbye. She bared a lot of weight without giving it away. She, she bared a lot of weight going to see him. That was very emotional for her to go see him. And she didn't shed a tear. God bless. No, you could tell she wanted to. Yes. You could tell she wanted to. Um, I think I commend her for going. I commend her for going and saying goodbye to him. I don't know if I could have done it, though. I don't know if I could have done it and kept my composure the way she did. Now, if I went, like if I went, you know, if I really fell in love with somebody and loved, you know, Robert the way Sylvie did, if I went, I don't think I would have been able to maintain composure. But she didn't. The way she did. But she didn't tell him. She. Di- that's what I mean. That's what I mean. I. I can't hold water, especially something that. Big. I cannot. You know. And I. And I looked at that, and I there said to myself, "There would have been no way." That's why I said, "If I, I was the have girlfriend gone. in the car, I'm like, I'm not. Girl, you didn't what? You didn't do what? <laughs> right? And I would have pushed her back out and made her chase the car until she went and found it. Like, no. You cannot get on this train until we tell you what happened. That's why I said I just wouldn't have went. Because they were going to went, they were I going to Kennedy Airport it. to go to right. Paris. To go to Paris, girl, I would have flew that car down the the, the highway. I don't know how she did not tell him, but you know what? See, but I'm mm. but that, I, and I looked at it from two different perspectives. So, the loving, more kindler, gentler Angela. <laughs> Because we all have that side. Yes, we do. We all have that side. Said, you must really love this man. Because you did not tell him that you were pregnant with his child. I know. Instead, you wanted him. To go. And have the benefit of a career. But then one side of me said, because you don't ever want to hear him say. You destroyed his career with a child and he could have been the next John Coltrane had it not been for getting you pregnant. Right. Which, which he would have had a real audacity trying to say that because it takes two to get pregnant. Thank you. But that's not a common, that's not an uncommon response. Yes. But also I felt a little bit on her side that it might've been a teeny bit of selfishness why she didn't tell him because I think part of her knew. That Lacey would still take care of everything. That's right. And she would have had to leave her new career if she went with him if she to w- Paris. That's true. Now, being a child of a split parent home, personally, I would have had to tell because I couldn't let my kid not have a dad. But but he was. He was but Lacey. That's why she did it. I do think partially it was a little bit of selfishness and a little bit of pride. You knew that your kid wouldn't be fatherless. And you knew that things would be taken care of. And, and that he had a better career. Right. 
Right. So that Being was the musician. side I was looking at too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so she didn't tell him why. Because when she's, I think for her, reality set in when she saw him about to get into that car. Yeah. And that's when she said, no, the yeah. best decision is the decision to be able to feed my child. I know that even if I don't marry Lacey, I'm still going to be able to provide for my kid. But he even called her out on it when he did find out about his daughter. Yes. Later. He was like, what, did you not tell me? Because, you know, I'm a musician and you thought that I couldn't provide or that I wouldn't provide. She should have said yes. And she should have told the truth and said yes, because there's no way that that wasn't part of the reason. That was the main reason, I think. It has to be. It has to. I I get being a woman and not wanting to give up your career. Like, I, you know, my mom is a military wife. And there is a difference between being a wife and a military military wife. And I commend my mother because she did follow my dad and she, helped yes. him pursue his, his career yes and gave up a, a big sacrifice for herself now granted you know my mom is doing exceptionally well now but she did have to make an ultimate sacrifice yes. for the family and for him to during pursue those dreams. prime years so as a woman i i felt for her like dang you would have to get as an independent woman yes. i felt for her <laughs> like i don't think i'd want to give up i don't want to give my up my job job and not even that follow it was good you. paying right just this lifetime But I don't know where it's going to lead me. Right. I don't know where it's going to lead me. I don't know what right. I'm going to be able to walk away with. Right. And here you want me to go into the unknown Paris. I don't even speak the language. Honestly, when he first asked her to go to Paris, do you remember when she was like, well, what if we don't work out? That's, That's the first thing out of her mouth. Look, that was the clue. Girlfriend was grounded. <laughs> I'm just saying. That was the first the thing character was grounded. And he was like. What do you mean? mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? What if what if he was like, we're going to work out? Yeah. Now that. (sighs) Yes, that was that hit all the feels for me. It did. We are going to work out. And then part of me was like, just go, Sylvie, just go. (laughs) It's going to be fine. But she was a realist. You know, she wasn't. He was totally a dreamer. Yeah, she was a realist because she knew, number one, this may not work out and if it doesn't work out i am stuck with a child in paris i have to get on the phone and call my mommy and daddy Mm -hmm. and tell them please Mm -hmm. come rescue me parlez-vous sensei okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) do you speak french yes see but also what if she took that leap of faith because think about it even after she didn't and went on to marry lacy When his band came back into town, she surely did go and see him play. But that was... You know she was wondering what if this whole time. I thought that that was more of a happenstance. You know? No, them running into each other was a happenstance. But when she got the opportunity to go see See him play, play. that was a conscious effort. They ran into each other by faith. By faith. They did run into each other by faith. And then when he invited her to his gig. As a married woman, she didn't say no. She didn't say no. And she should have said no. She should have said thank you for Mm -hmm. seeing Nancy Wilson. It was a dreamy moment. It was a moment out of heaven for me. It was nice to see you. But you got to go home. Mm-hmm. And I got to go home too. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you cannot come with me. I mean, you really see her struggle with this battle of being the woman her mother expects her to be. Yes, being the woman Lacey expected her to be, being the woman that Robert already was in love with and just wanted her to be. Mm-hmm. I, I think out of everybody, he had no expectations. Yes, and he didn't. And the expectations she set for herself. You really watch Sylvie struggle being a woman a working woman mm-hmm. and a woman that was now a new mother. Yes. And I think for her, those decisions were very painful. They had to be. Because at the end of it all, I think, and, and, and I relate this to a lot of women at the end of it all, she realized when do I get to be me? Yeah, that was beautiful. That scene between her and Lacey was powerful. When do I get to be me right and not me you mm-hmm. and me him mm-hmm. and me mommy and me daughter and me da- uh, daughter fathers right you know father's daughter no when do I just get to and she knew it wasn't like she had an identity crisis she knew who she was she knew what she wanted but she was being pulled in everybody else's direction she couldn't to authentically meet the, be exactly she had who to she meet was. everybody's expectations right and we see that nowadays and i think that is a, a prime reason 
why we have so many women who have issues because they're powerful women. Hmm. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Because they feel like they have to make a choice. Right. Like you can't have it all or you I, can't do it all. No, I can't. And and I, you know, I never subscribe to that. You know, I know some women who are powerful women who, oh, very good, who want it all and are at that crossroads of how do I do this? Right. You know, I know women who are now in their 40s wanting children and saying, oh, my God, it's too late. I'm not married. I'm like, yeah, but we got plenty of banks out here where you can just go get. Janet Jackson had her baby at 50. That's all I'm saying. And she still looked good. And she looks snatched. Now, granted, she's got money, but it's not impossible. But it's no, it's not because you can look. We can all go to the gym. Amen. (laughs) Okay. We can all run. Pick up swimming. Okay. If you can't run, swim. (laughs) (laughs) Even if you can run, swim. Okay. Run for fun. Uh, so, you know, I look at that and I say to myself, you know, even though the movie was set in the sixties, that's a real dynamic for today. And it's such a double standard. Yes. Men, they can do it all. They can have the wife and the kids and the career. It's no questions. Honestly, I believe that the majority of why some men get married is so they can have. It yes. All. Cause then I don't have to, because half of it, I don't have to contribute in assisting with. Yes. I remember in the office one day, it was something that happened and it just irritated me. And I said to one of the guys, yes, I have to leave. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I have to go home, mm-hmm. pick up my kid, yep. cook dinner, yep. help with homework. Give him a bath. M- give him a bath. Maybe do a load or two of clothes. Mm-hmm. This is what I do when I get home. On some days. Some days we have after school things that we have to attend <laughs> that to. That I got to run them around. There right? you go. And what do you do when you go home? I'm waiting. <laughs> oh, I get it. You sit on your big behind. Mm-hmm. And look at TV. Smoke a cigar. Do something relaxing. Yes. Okay. But you might not be cooking. And you might not be doing laundry. Right. And you might not be helping with homework. But you might go home and you might relax. And, you know, when I said that to him. He looked at me. I said, I challenge you to trade roles with your wife for a week and see how you survive. Yeah, God bless. Okay. God bless. He stopped talking to me, but that's not the point. (laughs) That's not the point. I think he realized, my goodness, she's right. Right. So, you know, when I saw that in the movie, I just, you know, it opened up a doorway for me to say, have we changed in the dynamics of society today? Right. That that's no longer expected? A little bit. Now, you know, we're not on here bashing men. No, we're not. We're not. Because we love men. But Right. Now, when y'all act like some fools, that's just a different story. Yes. <laughs> I have to agree with but you. But there that. are some amazing husbands, and there are some amazing fathers, and there are even, you know, hardworking dads, single dads. Yes. You know, there are some who are doing it by themselves, or there are some who just simply help out their wives. Yes. I do hear more now in the modern relationship the husband cooks. Yes. And the woman cleans. Because he cooks That's better. That's what works yes. for them. So right. we have changed right. the dynamics of society. He's better at science in the 60s. and math. Yes. So he helps with that homework. Yes. You know what I mean? It, 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 there are certain dynamics that happen. So changed. we are moving into are. or have moved into a different dynamic right. where we're starting to look at these types of things. And ladies, as you're out there and you're dating, you know, you might want to put some of those things on your dating list. Please. Please. Some of those things you might want to say, hey, yeah, you know, uh, give, run a scenario by them. <laughs> you know, right. if this was the scenario, you know, I'm coming home after work, I'm going to be late for work. How do you feel about making making dinner right. and putting the kids to bed or going to going to that PTA meeting? How right. do you feel about that? Or observe him in his current family unit. Yes. unit. How willing is he? Is he to help out his current family, whether it's his mom, his yeah, sister, exactly. his dad? Because that's going to be telling. Test that out. Yes. Right. That's going to be telling as to what you're getting. Right. So Sylvie didn't do that because she met this guy at a cotillion. Mm-hmm. And I would like to think that her marriage and engagement 
had a lot to do with her looks and her family's prominence in the community. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up. Because now, if cotillions are still going on, I was a debutante myself. Mm -hmm. That was based on your academia. That was based on your grades. I was selected to be a debutante because I made over a certain GPA. Okay. Then, it didn't matter what was in your head. You could be dumb as a box of rocks. Absolutely. (laughs) You were presented to society based on who your parents were and how much money they had. And Sylvie is a lighter-skinned woman. We cannot ignore that fact. That is true. And in the 60s and beyond, that was a... That was a very prevalent factor yes. in your opportunities that you were afforded. Yes. Her mother was also light skinned. Yes. And she but was But Daddy the wasn't. Coach. Daddy was chocolate. Daddy yes, was Dad. not exactly. <laughs> so I kind of looked at all of that and I was like, wow, this is really playing into some dynamics right. that um I'm familiar with. I right. see it, you know, and it became more than just a movie. Mm-hmm. Because as you said earlier, these are some of the things that we had lived out, you know. So, I, you know, I looked at her and and this is the last part that we're going to talk about. When she found out where he really was in Chicago. Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. Her jaw dropped. And, you know, her and, and her cousin are sitting on a beach in Maryland. Drinking beer out of a bottle. Yes. Okay. And those words. Well, I don't know why he didn't tell me he didn't have a job. Girl, why? And just like, what did Mona tell her? <laughs> and girl, Mona said, she says, maybe the same reason why you didn't tell him the secret that you had. For real. And then the light bulb went off. Yeah. And she was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Whoa. You know, when I look at that, I say to myself, I don't know. I don't know how I would have reacted. Mm -hmm. I did get a little angry when I heard her say, well, I'll take care of us. Did you? Why? Why? Because, number one, you were not married to this man. You know what? That's fair. I don't even think she was fully divorced yet. Okay. <laughs> you, you are not married to this man. That is fair. But his pride, and I loved his pride, his pride, his manhood was, and how is that going to look? Okay. Well, okay. I think that's where we may differ in views. Yes. I liked the fact that he did ask her. You know, I, not to ask her, told her, you know, I am a man. It's in me to provide. I, I want to be able to do that. Yes. But I think he could have put his pride aside for a little bit and let her do. Just don't be a bum. Yes. Let her provide for you. Do something. Right. But don't, I didn't like when he said, how is that going to look? Why are you worried about what everybody else is going to think? Because he was more like her mother than, than she was. Right. Right. How is that going to look? Because you need to keep up with the Joneses or put on this big facade. Well, you know, it looked pretty bad. Another man raising your kid when you didn't know it existed. So, you know, here we are. But they kept that. That was like the secret. That was like back. That was the ultimate. That was the ultimate secret. That was back in the day. We sending you to Connecticut to go to school. (laughs) (laughs) She'll be back in about nine, ten months. She'll be back in about nine to ten months. And I'm going to have a new brother. Okay. Hilarious. Yes. But it's the truth. truth. You know, it didn't just happen in Caucasian families. It happened in black families, too. But I commended her for offering to provide. Granted, that's not her husband, and she shouldn't have. And she shouldn't have. But in a perfect world, if that was her husband, I commended the fact that she yes. had the willingness to, to do, do that. So. Now, if that was her husband, yes. But as her right. mother said, how's it going to look? You putting doting gushes <laughs> on another man, and you are engaged. Her mother had quite a way with words. I'm telling you, I said doting gushes. Oh, my. She was just blushing <laughs> over there. And here you are just throwing out the whole vernacular of love out there. You just gushing, girl. You need to stop that. <laughs> Put it away. I was like, oh, my goodness. So at that point, for me, that's when I recognized she was really, truly, truly in love with this man. She had to be. And she was willing to do whatever she needed to do within reason. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think she wanted to go. It was like, okay, I'll go to Chicago. Yeah. No, Detroit. 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 Yes, I'll go to Detroit. 
but I'm gonna have to find me a producer job. She did say that. But that was a compromise. I may have to start, yeah, I may have to start from the bottom again. That was a beautiful compromise. She had to have really loved him. But I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I looked at that and I said, wow, what was really Sylvie's love? Yeah. That's the question we want to leave our audience with. After looking at this movie. Right. And you have got to look at this movie you better watch it because tessa thompson (laughs) did a great job oh and by the way i want you to pay attention to the credits she's also the one of the producers on this show i know i was looking for her name i was like "Ah!" so excited i was so excited for her i really was what was her real love yeah did she great question (coughs) yeah and did she get her real love oh in the end yes In the end, what was her real love and did she get it? Mm, So um, we invite you to look at this movie. And as you are looking at this movie, you have comments. By all means, drop us a line. Let us know. Love to hear your thoughts. Yes. Uh, Hope you learned something about the 1960s and the way life was back then and did a compare and contrast to the way life is now and relationships and relationships because that is really what this was all about it was about different types of relationships right and what we do to maintain those relationships the dynamic between man and woman yeah Mm -hmm. i was like wow um even the dynamic between sylvie's father yeah. And Robert. Right. The dynamic between mother and daughter. Yes. So it was it was really interesting to see all of that unfold in a quality movie. Yeah. It was really a great movie. Yes. Quality movie. So this is Angela and Ashley at the Substance of Life Experience. We are looking forward to our next movie review. Yes. <laughs>